Hi folks and welcome to the Menopause Mindset Podcast with me, your host Sally Garozzo. So in today's episode we're going to be talking about mental health at menopause and just to give this some context, it was recorded in October 2020 via a Facebook Live. So troublesome mental health at menopause is one of the symptoms of menopause and as such it's important that we take a closer look at why it's happening and what we can do about it. The good news is there are real hormonal and environmental reasons that our mental well-being starts to suffer and as such much of it is within our control. Welcome to the Menopause Mindset Podcast with me your host Sally Garozzo. I'm a rapid transformational therapist, a menopause mindset coach, and the founder of the Sleep Superpower Academy. So this is the place to be to get some answers and to feel supported along this very bumpy journey. It's my mission to help peri to postmenopausal women go from feeling anxious, alone and confused to feeling positive, informed and connected. Not only about their health, but about their relationship well-being and their career fulfillment too. Yes, you can have it all. So even though you might be at your wits end right now, your menopause and your whole midlife transition has the power to be so transformative that it can actually turn out to be one of the best times in your life. So thank you so much for spending the next part of your day with me. Now let's dive in. So today we are talking about how menopause affects our mental health. And in order to do this, we need to talk about how our menopause affects our brain. So during menopause, our sex hormones tend to decline very rapidly, um, especially compared to men. And therefore, women get physically affected um, by it much more dramatically than our male counterparts in this whole midlife transition. So if you were to look at a graph, you would see that um, women's sex hormones drop really dramatically in a much smaller window of time, and men's hormones drop not as dramatically over a longer period of time. And that's why women have this bad rap you know, the kind of crazy woman in the attic, the mad woman in the attic at midlife. So there's real reason for that. So compounded by this, and I don't want to underplay the gravitas of this, but because of this kind of male-centric healthcare system that we have globally, not just in the UK, Um, Many women are being misdiagnosed with mental health problems rather than perimenopause. And this is a problem because we're not being tested properly. And if we do want to get tested properly, we have to pay ourselves. I know it's different, slightly different in the USA. But, you know, here in the UK, we have to pay if we want to get the proper tests done tests that are actually going to mean something to us in terms of our stress levels and our our female hormones. B, we're given the wrong drugs. If we are diagnosed with something, we're given drugs that might potentially do more harm than good. And if it's not working, we end up then feeling more unseen, more unheard and even more invisible than we maybe do already. And this can also play into the whole, you know, childhood trauma stuff as well that I talk about a lot because 
one of the needs, one of the primal needs that we have is to feel seen, heard, important, visible and all of that stuff. And often that doesn't get done properly in childhood. Um, and again, here we are in adulthood going through our midlife transition, a.k.a. second puberty, and it's happening all over again. So in many cases, women in their midlife are being wrongly diagnosed with anxiety disorders and mental health problems, which actually then makes our um, symptoms even worse. TJ, you've said insurance pays for saliva tests. No, no insurance pays for saliva testing in the USA either. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're all at the mercy of this male-centric medical system. And I'm reading a book at the moment called Sex Matters. Can't remember the name of the author. Last, oh, Alice, Dr. Alison McGregor and... Yeah, it's really just blowing my mind and opening my mind to really how the medical model is very skewed. Okay, so there are real physical changes going on in the brain which do affect our mental and emotional health. But it's perimenopause, it's usually perimenopause that is causing this anxiety disorder. So anxiety disorder is likely to be a symptom of menopause. Menopause is key in all of this mental health stuff. And here's why. Your brain is in constant communication with your ovaries. And this form of communication is absolutely crucial for the way that your brain ages. The energy, the spice of your brain is literally derived from this estrogen. It it keeps your brain young. So when we think of menopause, we usually think of sex hormones, we usually think of the reproductive system, but the most amazing thing is that most of the debilitating symptoms that we have in menopause usually start in the brain because of this declining estrogen. So in that sense, the hot flashes, the night sweats, the libido, the insomnia, the memory loss, the anxiety and depression, these symptoms don't start in the reproductive system, they start in the brain. And they start in the brain as these kind of neurological symptoms, because the brain and the ovaries are part of this neuroendocrine system, and you cannot separate the two. It's not reproductive system over here and brain over here. The health of the ovaries is linked to the health of the brain, and vice versa. So we need to keep our brains healthy, especially at menopause. But estrogen plays a vital role in brain function. And not many of us think of estrogen as being something that boosts brain function. We think of estrogen as something that makes us sexy. It doesn't just give us boobs and it doesn't just give us hips. Estrogen has over 400 functions in the body. So why would it not affect the brain as well? So Lisa Moscone is a neuroscientist with a avid interest in women's health and women's hormone health as well. And she says that at the cellular level, estrogen pushes neurons to bring glucose to the brain to make energy. So that is how it works. It works at a cellular level. When estrogen is high, your brain energy is high. When estrogen is lower, your brain neurons age faster. 
So lowering estrogen affects all the different parts of the brain. It affects the hypothalamus, it affects the brainstem, it affects the amygdala and the hippocampus. So the hypothalamus is responsible for temperature regulation. And when estrogen doesn't, if there's not enough estrogen, there's not enough activation and the hypothalamus can't do its job properly. The brainstem is in charge of sleep and wake. So when estrogen doesn't activate the brainstem, we have trouble sleeping. So that's why we have insomnia. The amygdala is responsible for the fight flight response. So if, if estrogen isn't kind of nourishing the amygdala, we can end up going into fight flight mode. And the hippocampus is responsible for our memory. And if estrogen's not nourishing um, that part of the brain enough, we're going to be very forgetful. We are going to have mood swings. We are going to have brain fog. We're not going to have clarity, the clarity that we used to. Case in point, I washed my Apple iPods the other day because I'd forgot I'd put them in my um, fleece, put them in my pocket, went out for a run, came back, took my earpods out, put them in my pocket and put my fleece in the wash. There we go. <laughs> and I did swear. I got them out. I put them in rice and they're okay now. So that's good. So Lisa Moscone says, at midlife, it seems that women's brains are more susceptible to hormone aging rather than just chronological aging. So hormones play such a vital part in our mental health, our emotional health and our physical health as well. So how does all of this, all of these brain changes caused by estrogen, how does it affect our mental health, our mental well-being? So when we think about these changes going on in a woman's body, it's no wonder that we have a really tough time of it, especially as, you know, that graph lowers very quickly during the midlife transition. So first of all, our brains are changing as a result of this declining estrogen, the effect of which your hot flushes, your brain fog, your low libido, uh, memory loss, anxiety, depression, palpitations, low mood. But secondly, all of this is compounded by the fact that we live in this male-centric world that just seems to brush these hormonal symptoms off as, you know, nothing. Oh, she's just hormonal. But here's the thing. Men are not impacted by a hormonal transition in the same way that women are. So they have very little first-hand experience of what it's truly like. And we know that, you know, the kinesthetic experience is key. If you feel it, if you feel that something is really bad, you are going to change it. If you don't feel it, it's much harder to second position yourself to think what it must feel like for the opposite sex. So it's kind of their fault, but not their fault as well, if you know what I mean. As I was thinking about this today, I think as a result of this, living in this male-centric medical world that we do, I think that women are being gaslit all over the place. We are being made to feel like it's all in our heads. So many women are going to their GPs and being turned away or being given antidepressants. And then we feel like it's us. We feel like we are losing our sanity. Um and that somehow we need to get a handle on ourselves. And we try to get a handle on ourselves and it makes a difference to a certain extent, 
but then it, you know, we, it falls by the wayside again. And we end up getting prescribed things that are really not getting to the root cause and not hitting the nail on the head, like antidepressants. And in some cases, you know, they're making the problem worse because they're masking what's really going on. So apart from all the physical changes that are going on in a woman's brain, the fact that and the fact that she's being gaslit most of the time by the medical world, there are also big social and emotional factors at play here affecting our mental health at menopause too. So at menopause, we might feel like we are losing our ability to cope even though there are studies out there that show that despite losing 30% of our brain energy, women are still just as sharp as they were in their 20s and 30s, even though we don't feel like it. That just goes to show a lot about our willpower, right? But for many years, we might have felt like we had it all together and now menopause hits and we just feel like we are losing our grip on life. We feel like we're not the same person. We feel like we're sandwiched in between kids who, you know, don't know how to clean their room, don't know how to eat properly, <laughs> don't know how to keep in touch with our parents, with um, us, don't know how to communicate. Sandwiched in between those teenagers and then those aging parents who still might be toxic, still might not have cleared out all their childhood programming, still might be acting out, still might be treating you as a child. So we are this Generation X, which seem to be doing all the work right now. And it feels unfair. And it, and it, it plays into that pressure that a lot of us feel at midlife. So there are so many emotional stresses going on. As well as all of that, there's the fear of being alone if we don't have a relationship or fear of what's going to happen when we get older if we don't have children. Maybe there's fear of being with the same grumpy old partner that, you, that you're currently with and you don't really want to be with that person for the rest of your life. There's financial implications, there's financial burdens, there's feelings of perhaps lacking meaning and purpose, feelings that we might want to change our lives but we don't really know how to, or it feels like just such a massive mountain to climb. And it is, you know, it, it, it is big, but at the same time that it's also quite freeing. We also live in a world that values youth, that values sexiness. So how do we then start to feel about ourselves in a world that values all of that if we're losing our youth or our appearance? So there are so many fears, fears of how, um, fears of how we're going to do this alone, fears of how we are going to get through this menopausal transition alone, because let's face it, we, a lot of us feel like we are alone and change is hard. We are programmed not to like change. So we have to go against, we have to learn how to go against that programming and that's not easy. So TJ, you've said, yes, people keep saying I don't seem like myself. Yeah, that's because you're not. <laughs> you're not yourself. You're going through. Your body is literally changing and therefore your emotions are changing. Your mindset is changing. Your whole, everything about you is changing. And it happens much quicker for women 
than it does for men. So there is a lot. There is a lot that we have to cope with. There's a lot to potentially disrupt this equilibrium um, as we move into menopause. So, of course, I'm not just going to leave you hanging. There are things that we can do to help. First of all, number one, I think I've got five of these. So number one, it's really important for you to understand that you are not going crazy. You are not the mad woman in the attic. You might feel like you're going crazy and that's okay. It's okay to feel crazy, but you are not going crazy. What you are experiencing is normal and you need to really give yourself time to adjust here. Your um, your new level of brain functionality, <laughs> it, it feels unfamiliar to you, but soon it will become familiar. I remember at the beginning of my transition, I, you know, I had a really difficult time, but after a few years, I, it, you know, you reach that new normal. We've all heard that phrase, the new normal now. <laughs> um, it, it does feel like a new normal. And it does become familiar. Um, number two. Now, you could consider HRT to re-elevate your hormones back up. Um, as many of you know, I'm on HRT. I am on the body identical HRT, which I get from my GP. It's about £27, actually, including all the other bits and bobs that I have, the progesterone and the ovestin, which is for vaginal atrophy costs about £27 every three months. So it's really not expensive. It's natural. You know, I've seen a benefit from taking the body identical HRT. I wouldn't recommend the chemical HRT, the um, the synthesized stuff, the, the stuff that's not derived from plants. That's my personal recommendation. But for some women, you know, that might, that, that might be what they need. Um, the bio-identicals, I think, are good. They are unregulated um, and they are expensive. So if you've got the money and if you've got a very good private doctor that can prescribe them for you, then, you know, it's worth definitely worth looking into. Many women report feeling better. Many women report that their hot flashes start to diminish. Their brain fog starts to diminish and their mood, their memory improves. Having said all of that, my personal belief, my personal opinion is that HRT is only half the story. I have still had hot flushes on it. I have still had night sweats. I have still um, felt lethargic. I have still had brain fog and I have still had insomnia. It's really all about understanding that you know, HRT, it's, it can be a quick fix, but that is what it is. It's a quick fix and that you still need to work on your mindset, your lifestyle and, um, yeah, all of that stuff alongside taking HRT. So if any of you have got any questions that you want to ask me about HRT, then please do. I'll be happy to um, answer them for you or look into it for you as well or ask somebody else if I don't know the answer. So number three, the third way that we can help our mental health is really, really all to do with lifestyle, food, exercise, sleep 
and stress management, all of these things will have an impact on our hormones. So in terms of food, studies show that the Mediterranean diet actually works best for women, lowering that risk of cognitive decline, of depression, of heart disease, of stroke, cancer, you know, having fewer hot flashes and things like that. Um, now, the, the Mediterranean diet is still fairly high in carbs. So I would just check in with your body composition. If you're carrying extra fat, it might be worth adopting a Mediterranean diet, but reducing the carbs so that you're not overloading on carbs. Because I know that sugar and carbs can have a negative impact um, on our sex hormones because of the insulin production. Now, there are some foods that do contain phytoestrogens, which help to boost your estrogen. They can lock onto the cell receptors and boost estrogen levels, flaxseed being one of them. So flaxseed is, is a really important staple for women going through menopause, also really good for digestion as well. But there are also things which suppress estrogen and, and progesterone particularly, and that is stress. So hormones always work in balance. The more stress we have, the more cortisol we have, and the more cortisol we have, the less sex hormones we have. So by reducing stress hormones, this goes a long way to aiding those menopausal symptoms that start in the brain, like the anxiety, like the brain fog, like the low libido, et cetera, et cetera. And that is exactly how my new hypnosis recordings work because they reduce stress. They reduce stress. They, um, you know, bring that cortisol down. And at the same time, we're working on that placebo effect, the visualization. And interestingly, I did a, a fertility treatment the other day with somebody, um, really, really used a lot of those visualization exercises. So my Final two tips, number four, ask for help. So I hear many, many women struggling with the fact that they are running the show when it comes to their midlife, doing all the domestic chores. Most domestic chores seem to be initiated by women, remembering people's birthdays, remembering the kids' plays, organising uniforms, organising meals, um, and all the while trying to build a career, even organising the cleaner, if they're not doing the cleaning themselves, they're organizing the cleaner. And the, and the reason many women find themselves in this position, I think, is because they took domestic control right at the start of the relationship. So they get to midlife and they're trying to undo or trying to untrain the, the people in their life or trying to retrain the people in their life. So when you're young, that works. You have the energy to be in control of everything. But when you hit perimenopause, it doesn't work at all. And you feel the burden of that. And it causes more and more, more of a breakdown. It's that it kind of just sort of scratches away at your mental and emotional health. And, and eventually you feel like, you know, you're just breaching your allostatic load, that your stress just becomes overloaded. <laughs> TJ said, pretty hard to be in charge when I can't remember anything. That's it, exactly. So if you're anything like me, you've just, I've just hung up my apron now. <laughs> I, uh, I just let things crumble around me. As long as I've got my work under control, I let all the domestic stuff just crumble around me now. And, uh, and that's fine. That's fine by me. I don't care. 
anymore. I've lost, <laughs> I've lost all my fucks. There you go. So yeah, so that is something that we need to do. We need to be able to ask for help for sure. And we need to uh, retrain our partners so that they can help us a bit more and they can actually instigate and initiate. It's hard for them because we've probably enabled, um, enabled this type of behavior, but yeah, it, it's time to, to shift that and change it. So number five, then, this is my final point. This is about getting to grips with anything that might be stopping you from feeling better that you know deep down on the inside you need to shift. So this is about getting to grips with your money blocks, your relationship blocks, your self-esteem blocks, your your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep routine, your communication, and your self-care. And of course, that's where RTT can help because RTT can help you with those sticky blocks that you've perhaps had for quite some time. So let me know if you want to know more about RTT. But that's really it. I hope that's helped you to gain some clarity on how your menopause affects your mental health. Hope it gives you confident and I hope it gives you some hope that you know there are things that we can do. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to find out more about my hypnosis recordings for menopausal symptoms, just head on over to sallygarozzo.com forward slash shop to learn more. And I'll pop that link in the show notes. And remember, if you're liking these podcasts and you really believe in getting the word out there about menopausal health, then please subscribe and leave a review too. It just means that we get to reach out to more people who need to hear this message. And happy people means a happy world. Your interaction might very well help to save another person's sanity or even life. And if you'd like to ask me a question directly, come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Sally Garozzo Mind Mentor or do drop me an email, info at sallygarozzo.com. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.